if anybody justifies suffering in any argument, you're going to make somebody mad. So preface. <laughs> and we'll be all right if the Lord he be our strength. We'll be all right if the Lord he be our strength. We'll be all Okay, so I got this question the other day, and this is a real common one that happens with a lot of different Christians um, in different situations in the world. And honestly, it's a philosophical question that goes back for a long time. C.S. Lewis dealt with this. All kinds of guys dealt with this. So we're just going to kind of pick it up today in a loose way that helps people to, I think, think through it well. The question is, this is common, if God is all-powerful and wholly good, then why is there evil in the world? Have you ever heard anybody ask a question like that before? Oh, yeah, yeah. all the time. It's a, it's, some people frame it as the problem of evil. Okay, they t- They'll talk about it in, a, in the sense that um, if evil at all is present in the world, how could an omnipresent, omnipotent, all-good God allow that to happen that therefore they're making a poor logical jump here but they say therefore god can't be existing god god can't exist the god of uh, of christianity which is really the god that they're actually assaulting with that they're they're not assaulting the general idea of some type of creator they're not assaulting um, definitely not like the Roman and Greek gods because they were killing each other and raping people and all kinds of terrible stuff. Like they're not assaulting the idea of any type of God. That's a specific shot across the bow of, of the Christian God. Now, as a preface, before I really get into this particular question today, I, I want to, so C.S. Lewis has this quote, and I think it's really good. He says, all arguments in justification of suffering provoke bitter resentment against the author. So he says, if anybody justifies suffering in any argument, you're going to make somebody mad. So preface, <laughs> anybody who listens to this podcast at some point will sit down and say, how dare you, when they're talking to me. And maybe you too, Marley. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> maybe you too. But that's just normal. If you, if you have a justification for suffering being present in the world, someone will be mad at you about that justification. That's just, that's just true. So what we're going to be trying to do today is, is just walk through this question with, I got like, uh, when I was writing down notes, I think I've got like six or seven different rebuttals and there's a ton more to do. We're not going to get into all of them today, but what's really interesting is that this exact question, if God is good, why does evil exist? Is what led CS Lewis to become a Christian. He, he was not a believer. He was somebody who lashed out against the Christian faith. He wouldn't, he wouldn't deal with it. But whenever he wrestled with this question philosophically, it's actually what led him to become a disciple of Jesus. It, it took a little bit of time. So immediately out of the gate, we notice that this is not a shot at just any God. It's a shot at, at the Christian God. And so one of the things that I would say first, if, if we're doing this in the spirit of intellectual honesty, right, everybody's cards on the table, we're actually trying to have a conversation. If somebody asked me that, one of, the, one of the first things that I would say to them is, well, do you believe there's a God at all? Is, do you think there's any God at all? And if, if they say no, well, there's no, there's no God at all, then there's a couple of different ways. But if they say, there's a couple of different ways you could go about it. But if they say yes, which I think the vast majority of people that are living in our society today would respond with something along the lines of, in my conversations with other people who are non-believers, um, they would say something along the lines of, well, I, 
I do think that there's a higher power or they, they would say, I do think that there's a creator. Like I've done interviews with people on this podcast where they've said things like that to me. Well, I do think that there's a creator. We just don't know who he is. And then my, my response to them would be, well, if you think there's a God, you better figure out who he is. <laughs> right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> because, because what if in your world there is a God and he is evil? Oh snap! Right. <laughs> you should be concerned. <laughs> you, you're going to want to wrestle through these issues and and figure out what's true. Uh, if there is a God and He holds you to some type of moral standard in order to achieve uh, eternity, you need to go based off of more than just your feelings, right? I feel like God might be like this. I feel like He might be like this. No, 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 no. If we're going to do this, then let's do it all the way. Yeah. And so, when I'm having conversations with people like that, I, you, or when you are, or when anybody is. Press it to its logical conclusion. Press it into its logical extreme. I think that's a fine thing to do, to make people say exactly what kind of God they think it is. And if they say, well, I, I don't know what he's like, then I think it's perfectly fine if you're having a intellectually honest conversation to say something like, well, you, you better figure it out. <laughs> you better figure it out and, yeah. and figure it out quickly. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Have you, has anybody ever asked you that question before? Anybody ever been like, do you, uh, it, why is there evil in the world? Does that ever come up for you? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely come up for me. And, um, <clears throat> it's, it's a tough question to be sure. Um, but especially when you don't know about the nature of God and about um, th these certain things. Like in the if you're Bible. a young Christian, yeah, it, it might be harder for you, right? Yeah. Well, and and full disclosure, we're dealing with this question because it came up in the office the other day. Like that's that's why we're going in here because I want to try to equip some people to be able to deal with it well. Not not with a not necessarily a page fifty employee that was asking this. <laughs> it was somebody yeah. else. It was somebody else. So the next question that I would go so first I'd say, hey, hey, let's be intellectually honest here. Do you think there's a God at all? And if they say yes, then you say, Okay, well, who is he? And if you don't know, you you the impetus is on you. You know, you've got to figure this out. That's the step for you. Next, now I would think it would be a, a an easy question to ask um, along these same lines. And we're going to get to what I think the response to that question should be, but I'm saving that for the end. Um, I think an easy question to ask whenever somebody says, uh, why is there evil in the world? If, if God is good and all-powerful and he's wholly good, then why does evil exist in the world? I think another follow-up question for the person who's being asked that is to say, well, how do you know what evil is? How do you know what right and wrong actually is. If there's no higher authority, in other words, that establishes right and wrong, where do you get the definition of evil in the first place? How do you know what is evil? How do you even have a concept of evil in your brain? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if, if, if all the world is just jumbled chaos and you're, you evolved from a, I don't know, a murky pool somewhere in bazillion year old earth, who cares what evil is? Where, where would that even come from in your brain. See, the, the very idea that evil exists means it demands that good exists. It demands it. Yeah. Right? Like there, there can't be light without darkness. You know what I'm saying? There, right. There can't be, there can't be evil without, without good. It's not, it's not possible. Now, secularism and evolution, they don't demand that. Evolution, in fact, demands survival of the fittest, flat, right? Mm -hmm. So then, then we should celebrate when the strong subjugate the weak. 
Shouldn't we? Like, we should be like, ah, yes, the world is working. That should be what we think of as good. Whenever someone who is weaker is oppressed by someone who is stronger. If somebody might, if might makes right, if strength wins, if survival of the fittest is true all the way down deep, then that demands that when we see a weak person being taken advantage of, we say yes and amen. Yeah, but the, uh, the secular humanists, they will even recognize in that moment is like, oh yeah, that is wrong, even though that, that's supposed to be their whole world. And their view. response will be something along the lines of, but we've evolved to such a state that we preserve the weak one. And I'm like, that makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to push this out all the way to all of its logical conclusions. If, there, if you are aware that there is evil, then that also means that you have a definition of good. You know what good is. And the fact that we know what good is means something significant. We have a moral compass that's detached from what I would call the secularist, naturalistic, evolution-based world. Right? Right. We've got that laid into us. And so there's some type of remnant or a memory or uh, the Bible says that it's, it's revealed to us in our very nature. We walk around, we look, we see these things. Like there's a memory, a remnant of what goodness really is. In, in, other, words, in other words, another way to say it is that we clearly live in a good world that's gone wrong, right? We, we live right. in a good world that's, that's broken, and so we see evil because we remember what good actually was. We remember all the way back from the beginning of time. And, and I don't mean we, us, me and you literally remember. What I mean is we were created for some other type of existence, and now we live in this broken version. And, and, and the world that we live in largely recognizes the presence of good and evil. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, for and, sure. And their definition of evil, I would say they've bastardized it from Christianity. They've stolen it, you know, and they've divorced it from the word of God and what he lays out as what is truly good and the way the world should work. And then therein lies the problem that we have nowadays. Like we just talked about with the evolutionary point. And just as a side note, let's think about this. Um, what would you prefer? Would you prefer to live in a world where you have no capacity to choose, to where evil is not even an, a possibility, where you have no freedom of will whatsoever? Would you, would you prefer to live in that world? No, not at all. Well, no one would. Right. You, you are what? You're a fully calibrated morality goodness robot. You know, like <laughs> that's, not, that's not an intellectually honest conversation either. Because their response to that would be, well, no, I, I want freedom. I want freedom of choice. And if freedom of choice is what you want, if you want to be free, then that also demands that there is a good choice and an evil choice. Does that make sense? Yeah, you can't, absolutely. You can't get away from that kind of stuff. So I, I don't think secularists would want that. I don't think they want to be fully calibrated goodness morality robots. I don't think that's what they're actually arguing for. But that's just a a fun aside to think through. So how do you know what evil is? I would go through that question with them. Third, I would say this is not a surprise because original sin is a, is a central point of Christianity, right? Sin, like the world has fallen. It's an evil place. So someone saying evil exists, therefore there can't be a God. They're not giving Christianity a fair shake. 
Like Christianity, so God created, man fell, man was tempted, man fell. God promised the restoration of all of creation into eventually a place where there is no evil, right? No right. sin, no death, no suffering, no crying, none of those things. Like he, he's promising that forward trajectory. So the world's fallen doesn't mean that therefore, just because evil exists, that doesn't mean that there can't be a God. That's... Uh, that doesn't make sense. It's not an intellectually honest, square, a fair shake kind of debate. Um, an easy way to think through that is whenever you think about death, like the just general human population, when we think about the idea of death, we're, we're terrified of it, okay? Um, whenever somebody close to us dies, there's a season of, of mourning that actually takes place, right? Like there's right. a season where... You are broken up over it and, oh, man, I can't believe that this has happened. And, and if they're very, very close to you, they'll be weeping and like lamenting and all kinds of stuff that happens. Now, why is that if death is just this natural event, right? right. Why, why would that happen? It's because the opposite is true. Death is, in fact, the most unnatural thing. See, this goes back to what we were talking about before. Whenever we interact with, with death... We're interacting with something unnatural because you and I, and anybody who's listened to this, was made to be eternal beings. That's who we were made to be. We were made to live forever. So when death happens, unnatural, weird, foreign to us. And it's it's the in Genesis 2 that the fall happens, or Genesis chapter 3, excuse me, that the fall happens and we really can understand the way that the Lord has laid these things out to be. Death is a result of sin and as a consequence thereof. Central, uh, central to Christianity is original sin, is evil, and we deal with it thoroughly. Death is a result of that consequence, and we look forward to one day being free from it for all eternity. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we, we've got these pieces. Now, all right, let's wrap this up. If somebody was going to, the first thing I would actually say to them, so those, those are all the bonus fun questions, how to deal with it, how to think through it well, how to, how to embrace the situations. But the, the, the first real answer that I would give, how can a good God let evil exist in the world? The direct good faith answer that I would provide is simply, it's his story. God is, what story have you read other than, I don't know, like children's, Nursery rhymes. No, nursery rhyme, not rhymes even have a protagonist and an antagonist. Sorry. So um, <laughs> the contemporary count to five books that we give our three-year-olds, you know, those are the only books, only things I've ever seen that don't have good and evil playing out in them. It, it's God's story and he's writing it. Now, here's the part where people get mad at me. Okay. Here's the part where, where people have, because now I'm talking about suffering in the world around us. And that, that always puts a target on your back. But just listen, hear me out. It's God's story. And a good and all-powerful God doesn't require an absolute lack of evil in the world. Uh, an all-powerful, all-good God created the universe. And he's permitted evil for a good reason. Do you get it? Yeah. It's not a contradiction. Okay. We don't, if God exists and he's all good and all powerful, but evil exists and God has permitted it for a good reason, then there's no contradiction. There's no problem there. It's his story. 
If he's all powerful, guess what? <laughs> he gets to write it however he wants. Yeah. And, and we don't get to say, oh God, I think you I think you made a mistake on that part. You know, <laughs> like if there is a real, all powerful, all good God, then he gets to do it the way that he wants to do it. God has permitted evil for a good reason. We don't know exactly what that reason is in every single circumstances, but that does not mean that there's a contradiction. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, so one of the stories that I like to tell people, um, so my wife and I, we were young and married. I don't remember. We were like 23, 24 years old. I can't remember. And we were about to have our second kid. Um, she was. We, she had just taken the pregnancy test. It was pretty early, I'd say, pretty early, like probably only maybe seven or eight weeks into the pregnancy, very early, and we had a miscarriage. Very sad. Anybody who's ever had a miscarriage, you you know, if you're listening to this and you've had this before, you know how sad that is, how hard that is for everybody. You gotta you gotta deal with that for a long while. And and one of the things that does come up is, man, God, why? Right? Why is this happening? Why did we lose this baby? This is so hard. And there are people who have lost babies literally at the very end of their pregnancy. And they'll even go through delivery and everything else. Now it was too early for us to be doing something like that, but it happens. And in our experience, um, what we also had happen was my wife, um, in, when she went in for her first ultrasound, like, which, you know, the very first pregnancy test ultrasound that they do, it's typically like somewhere between eight and 12 weeks, or at least it was when we were doing this. She went in for her first one to do her check and something was wrong. They knew immediately, but they also knew that she had a massive mass on one of her ovaries, like size of a softball, like mm. huge. And if they hadn't have found it, it could have killed her. In fact, you know, there was all kinds of complications that we had from a result of it later on, but that's another story entirely. But if she had not been pregnant, she never would have went into the doctor right then. We never would have found the mass, and it could have ended much, much, much worse. See, that's just a small example, though. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. That's just a small little example of how God takes sadness, darkness, death, and uses it to bring about life, goodness, and grace. Like we got three more kids now and they're awesome. <laughs> but if we had lost mom back then, it would have been a very, very different, different story. Just because there is a good God who allows evil for a good reason, evil existing does not negate the existence of a good God. He can allow it for a good reason. There's no, there's no contradiction. It's his story. He's writing it and he knows the best way in order to write it. Does that all make sense? Yeah, of course. I find that it's not, it's not too terribly complicated, but whenever somebody, when you get that question dumped on you, it can make you, Oh God, I I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to handle these particular situations. So I hope that this is, I hope that this is helpful for you. Um, but so God also makes a couple of other promises throughout His Word, uh, and this is you know we're kind of starting to conclude here. But He promises that He will pour judgment out on the wicked, and He will pour blessings out on the righteous. Right. Right. And that 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 is something that we all want as believers. Like we all want justice. And God promises that he's going to pour out justice. And, and he also says he's going to pour out blessings upon those who, who follow him and, and go after him and all those things. And so we, and even Romans 8.28 says, All things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. 
So God says, hey, there's evil and there's good, and they will be rewarded appropriately, right? They, yeah. they, they, some will receive cursing and some will receive blessing. Ultimately, I would wager that some people who ask this question about the problem of evil, that's actually where their problem is. Their problem is that there is an authority that's over them. That's ultimately the issue. No, no, you don't get to decide what's good and evil. You see, that's the problem. But see, if there is a God, and this goes all the way back to the first thing we said, if there is a God, he he gets to, <laughs> you yeah. know, he gets to decide what good and evil is. And so it, it begs the question, it demands the question, hey, if you believe that there's a God, any type of God of all, at all, you need to figure out who he is and what he demands of you because he dictates the blessings and the cursings. He dictates what's going to be rewarded and what's not. And I mean, if he's an evil God, then I don't know, I guess we're all dead, <laughs> you know, but we're still here. So I'm thinking that he's not evil. So, uh, and what we're really calling all of this is, well, maybe not what we're really calling this, but what we should be remembering in, in the midst of all of this is, is what the gospel is, is that the Lord says, hey, repent and believe. Uh, obey him and be blessed. Trust him and enjoy his covenantal promises or don't. And continue to operate in the, in the death and the chaos of, I don't know, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's kind of the end of it there. Yeah. Um, the, something, something else to be said was that um, a lot of people that ask this sort of question, they're, they're not believers. Like they might not be believers at all. Sure. You know, regardless of if they believe the God of the Bible. So but, like they don't believe in any God right. at all. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But to, to the people that do ask this question and they, let's say they do believe in the God of the Bible. Mm -hmm. It's um, I think it's just really important to realize that, that God is, is sovereign and he's so much more holy than, than humans. And he's holy good. Yeah. Right. Like it, he, he's in control of all things. He is completely good. And he promises, Romans 8, 28, right? We read that a second ago. All things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Everything, even the evil things, right? right. <laughs> even the evil things, God bends them to his will to be a blessing to his people. And we don't know exactly how, but we know that it's true. And so right. we can trust him. Yeah. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Parish Circuit. You can find more on YouTube, anywhere that you find podcasts, or theparishcircuit.com.